Very early morning woke up to a loud walking noise in the gravel outside my house. I looked towards the window and noticed that the sensor light turned on. I walked up to the window and I looked out and saw a large shadowy figure walking across the road. It looked to be around six or seven feet in height. Later the next morning I heard branches falling. It was terrifying, because as I heard the branches falling I heard this high-pitched squeal that was very frightening. It also appeared as if there were more than one of these creatures. My sister and I were on our way to Calumet Falls. We were just on the west side of Oak Ridge on Highway 97 and all of a sudden two cars in front of us stop, and this large, hairy thing over seven feet tall lumber on hind legs across the highway. From the north side to the south side. It was moving quite quickly and disappeared into the woods of the south side of the road. I used to work on Vandenberg Air Force Base in Central California, my office was on top of a mountain that was ceremonial Chumash land. Whenever ground was broken we had to have a religious leader come out and bless the ground first. It's usually pretty foggy about halfway up the mountain and I got used to driving it every day but you have to keep an eye out for deer, mountain lions, bears, all sorts of wildlife. One night at about 11 PM. I was driving down the mountain and had just gotten to the point that the fog was gone, in front of me was clear and behind was just a wall of fog. As I got to a sharp turn I saw what I thought was a large coyote in the road so I slammed on my brakes. It looked like it had no fur and was covered in pale leathery skin with a dog-like head. As I looked at it it rose up on its hind legs, it was hunched over at maybe six feet tall but if it was standing straight I'd guess seven feet. It turned and looked right at me and slowly walked off the road into the brush. At the time I was doing a class about Native Americans for my degree and was in touch with Chumash members for my project, I asked them if they knew anything about it and they simply said we don't talk about that. To this day, I'm 100% sure I saw a skinwalker that night. That sound brought one of my brothers into the house to alert the rest of the family to come hear this. We went outside and stood in the driveway and heard the most frightening guttural roar you can imagine. This accompanied the pounding on the wood object. This lasted several minutes. The evening was clear, warm, and without wind. I do not remember a moon. Neither brother could explain what was happening and I recall being scared out of my wits. When the sound subsided, the family returned inside. The incident was not discussed in front of me again. As a child, I was privileged to live in this remote beautiful area and be allowed to run free. Sometime later, a boyfriend and I observed what we were told must have been a bear in a thicket of alder trees near the house. The feces found there later contained crawdad shells and berry seeds with a horrible odor. But the creature we saw was not a bear. The hard dry ground showed no tracks. Our fathers were loggers and we were well versed in the local wildlife. While this all happened a very long time ago, I still get cold chills remembering those sounds. Years later, my fiancé and I were driving north on Oregon Highway 101 near Cape Perpetua, north of Florence, Oregon. The highway was narrow, two-lane, with the Pacific Ocean on the west and steep rock cliffs on the east. I was watching the moon over the ocean, turned sidewise, facing the ocean. A very large black creature rose from a cleft in the cliff and towered over the little car we were in. My fiancé yelled, what the hell was that? 
I only caught a glimpse of the thing through my peripheral vision, but it was huge and very fast. I suppose we surprised it as much as it surprised us. It terrified me. My fiancé searched for a place to turn around as he wanted to go back, and I refused to let him. We were armed with what suddenly seemed to be a very small weapon, considering the size of the creature. When we returned home, my fiancé told his father about the encounter. His father told us of the rancher at the foot of the capes, also on Highway 101, who had been riding to check on his cattle when he heard a cow bellowing in agony. His horse became nervous, but he forced it on and found a very large hairy animal chewing on the live cow. He carried a 30.06 rifle and shot the creature. It stood up and ran off on two legs. He followed until he lost a trail of blood in the rocky terrain. This is the first time I have ever heard of someone shooting and wounding one of these creatures. It is also the first time I've heard of this creature eating the meat of any animal. Our encounter was in the late evening with clear skies and a full moon. My fiancé saw the creature in the headlights and had a great view of it. He knew it was not a bear and didn't think it was a human in a fursuit. Facial features did not have a snout and the arms were too long for a bear's front legs. I was too terrified to grasp any features. I have never felt fear like that before or since. So let me start my story by giving you a little background. I grew up and live in West Texas. There's not much in the way of forests here unless you count the massive groves of mesquite trees that are very easy to get lost in, yes I have, more than once. With that said, my story has nothing to do with even being near the woods or even outside of town. I grew up in a small town of less than 2,000 people. Rural but still well-defined city limits and the streets are pretty well lit at night so neighborhood kids, my brother, and myself would often play until well past sundown. I should mention that my favorite game to play was Monster, which was basically freeze tag except you got to pretend you were a monster. I always chose Goatman. I know, you're thinking that I'm going to see the Goatman whilst playing Monster and blah blah, yeah. No! I only knew about the Goatman because my parents had some friends who lived out in Bumblef, nowhere in the country, and it was a pretty big deal to everyone who lived out there. It was mostly just the two spooky tales of drunk rednecks trying to scare my brother and myself and we laughed at more than anything. Anyways, that's mostly a coincidence. As I stated before, everything I'm about to write about happened while within the city limits on a Sunday night in July. There was this guy named Kelly who lived in a really crappy single white trailer think like the FEMA trailers, but this was in the early 90s, and was known for basically being the creepiest person in our neighborhood. He was tall, with curly brown hair that stuck close to his head and he wore thick Buddy Holly looking glasses. Now there were numerous legends in our neighborhood about haunted houses and a hobo with a butcher knife, etc. But you could have written a book of short stories about the creepy stuff people had allegedly seen this guy do. People said that he dug around in the dumpsters at night, and that people had seen him digging up worms in their alley, examining them, and then proceeding to eat them or put them in his pockets for later. A friend of mine's mom even said that one evening as it got dark, she saw him walk out into the road where someone had run over a kitten and then put it down the front of his pants and walk back into his house. The fact that the adults were in on this legend made it the most realistic and scare of them all. Apparently he once had an older brother named Bo, who was mentally handicapped and lived with Kelly, but I never saw him because everyone said that he just disappeared. He had an old green bike under the carport that supposedly never moved again. 
Now even at the age of five, I would like to think I was a bit rational, but I still spread rumors just like everyone else. I practically preached the one about the elbow with a butcher knife. However, I never talked about Kelly because I was legitimately scared of him. The reason why is that one night when another boy and myself were playing alone, my brother was a bit older and was allowed to sleep over elsewhere, and had the back gate of our yard open and were transitioning back and forth between the backyard and the alley. At one point my friend Alex made a grunting, winking noise. He asked me why I had made that noise, seeing as it had nothing to do with playing our game, and I sort of shrugged it off thinking that he was just messing with me. Besides, I was eager to get back to playing and it was pretty dim. We had only been playing for maybe 30 minutes or so this way before we heard something make a loud metallic thud in the dumpster. We had just walked back into the backyard and so we quickly ran to the gate and peeked out into the alley. Limping across the overgrown lot behind our house, we could see a figure moving. I immediately got what I now know as the uncanny valley feeling, even my five-year-old brain having trouble registering the jerky, claymation-like movements. Alex, on the other hand, thought he was hardcore or something because he shouted hey, in a very short, commanding tone. Hey, he yelled again. The figure spun around almost off balance and began walking back in the exact same, jerking motion. Alex had a flashlight around his neck that his mom made him wear at night and he twisted the lid to shine it at the figure. I still remember it fairly clear. It was definitely Kelly. He stopped when the light came on and he was about 20 feet from us or so. His hands looked distorted and small. Like normal at the biceps but they began tapering and getting smaller after the elbow. They were drawn up close to his chest almost like the way a chicken's wings hugged their body. He was wearing flannel shirt that looked several sizes too small and the sleeves were rolled up just past his elbow. The shirt was unbuttoned and you could clearly see multiple teats. His face looked the way it would if it was mashed up against a window, particularly his nose which was without a doubt a pig's snout with two large nostrils. We just stood there, frozen with our mouths open for what felt like ten minutes. It couldn't have been more than one. I-Q-U-H. U-P. Kelly half-hooped, half-squealed. Alex and I took off, leaving the back gate open. I ran in my house and he didn't stop so I assumed he kept running until he got to his. Needless to say, my parents thought I was being hyped up and panicking because we were playing in the dark alone. But guys, I swear to you, I swear to God that as I sat on the toilet that night before bed, the bathroom window faced the backyard, I heard sniffing at the window. Loud sniffing and almost a HRM sound hidden behind the curtain. For the rest of our time in that house, one more year, I had anxiety every time I was in that bathroom at night. Kelly stayed more reclusive than usual after that and nobody in our circle of friends believed U.S. The only other time I saw him again was one day when he was working on his roof. His trailer was two lots away or so when I was in the alley taking out the cat litter box with my brother. He was standing on his roof looking down at it as if thinking about what he should do when he visibly sniffed the air and glanced in our direction before hurrying down his ladder and going back inside. So I asked then. What is Slash was he? He wasn't Native American as far as I know, pale with curly hair. But after learning about skinwalkers, what with the strange speech patterns and the fact that he was doing God knows what in our dumpster and waiting for us to go away so he could run and hide, what the hell was he? I may write some more about our neighborhood in that area, since there were some really strange people.
My name is Gabriel Santos Cabral. I am 20 years old now and my encounter happened when I was 6 years old, turning 7. Back then, my family and I lived in a country stead, in Londrina, Parana, Brazil. It wasn't a rural property, it was more like a country summer house, but in the city. The property was just outside the suburbs, in the northwestern part of the city, edging the city limits and nearing the country. It was an approximately 420 square meters, 502 square yards, piece of land, surrounded by 2 meter, 6 5 foot, walls, for more privacy. The house sat in a far corner of the property, with a good view of the surroundings, 90-95% view of the whole property from the front porch of the house. The region, northern Piranha, where the city lies, resembles southern Missouri or northeastern Kansas, but it's tropical, rather than temperate-slash-subtropical. The city is a metropolitan area, with a population of 486.000 plus people. It would resemble Wichita, Kansas, or Kansas City, Minnesota. The landscape is fairly flat, with some hills. The scenery has little vegetation, with only some parks and nature preserves, none big enough to have a decent population of any medium-slash-large animal species, whatsoever. There are no bears in Brazil and the largest predators found in the wild are the main wolf, the southern South American cougar, and the pantomal jaguar, none of which, really, could be identified as what I saw. My encounter was brief, but it was clear enough for me to make out the shape of the creature, its color, size, etc. So, on to the encounter. It was Friday, October 18, 2002. It was mid-spring, in the South Hemisphere, and that night, there was a full moon, with relatively cloudy skies. We had a dozen dogs on the property, which all slept together, in a large kennel, on the side of the house. They would be pretty quiet at night, but on that night, they were unsettled and spooked. One of the dogs managed to escape from the kennel and was desperately trying to get into the house. I was alone, with my mom, and she asked me to turn on the floodlights, outside the house and check out what all the what the commotion was about. I did that and went to the front porch, to scan the area trying to see what could have scared the dogs. Staring at the corner, where we had a mango tree, 9120 meters, 98,130 yards away, I saw this large, grayish creature running on all fours, avoiding the lights. It passed behind the mango tree and disappeared in the dark. As I saw it, I immediately identified it as being a werewolf, like that from the movie Bad Moon, 1996, but with a slightly larger head, thicker snout, and bulkier build. On its hind legs, it must have stood, at the very least, as tall as the property walls, 2 meters, or 6 5 feet, I stand 1, 74 meter, or 5 7 feet, by the way. I froze for a few seconds, after seeing it, it was a brief sighting. It lasted 2 to 3 seconds, and as soon as I recovered from the shock, I sprinted as fast as I could, back into the house, locked all the doors, and closed the windows, that were still open. I was familiarized with werewolf movies, back then. I was already aware of the impossibility of there being someone who could shapeshift into a monster, but what I saw was unmistakably similar to a werewolf. So, since that encounter, I started to believe in werewolves, only under the same concept of dogmen, which are natural, rather than supernatural, and look the way they do 24-7, a term which I only came across recently. And, that is the encounter I had, with a dogman. Just like in the US, where there are places where sightings are frequent, there are places in Brazil where they happen frequently too. 
In the U.S., it would be Alcorn, Taylor, and Marshall, Texas. In Brazil, it would be Joanopolis and Trace Lake Oas. Joanopolis has had sightings of werewolves slash dogmen ever since its foundation. Its first mayor was said to be a werewolf, back in the mid-slash-late 1800s. The town is filled with werewolf references. Trace Lake Oas has had many sightings, ever since the late 1980s-slash-early 1990s. There was a series of nights, in this small city, in the 1990s, where people claimed that a werewolf was roaming the streets, at night, after dark, trying to invade houses, climbing on roofs, and howling, all night long, scaring people's dogs, and attacking livestock. It really scared people. The state police began reinforcing night patrols and started investigating, assuming that someone was out at night, in a suit, scaring people. Some cryptozoologists even collected DNA samples. As it turned out, it wasn't human DNA or that of any known animal, and it certainly wasn't artificial hair from a suit. PHA security guard in Salt Lake City, Utah, reported directly to me that on the early morning of August 8, 2010, he was patrolling an area in downtown Salt Lake in an area where there is a target under construction, when around 1.20 a.m. he saw a strange figure walking on all fours with long arms and pale skin, stunned he went looking for his flashlight when he looked back it had vanished. He had been moving his patrol vehicle to the other side of the site and saw the strange creature when he was getting ready to park. He further described the strange figure as having pale gray skin with bumps and it walked on its hands which had to be as long as his legs. Its head was of an abnormal shape and it didn't turn to look at the witness, so he didn't see the face. It didn't appear to have any hair on its body and it had no clothing. He reportedly found strange handprints where he had seen it but didn't have a cam with him at the time, he didn't hear any noises but later heard noises on the roof as if someone was walking around on the roof. Additional the witness estimated that the creature must have been at least 7 to 8 feet in height, he could make out its spine and rib through its skin but the arms appeared to be muscular. Tonight was one of the scariest things I've witnessed and I just don't know how to explain it. It's my second incident with the same thing but this was far scarier than the first. So the first incident I didn't think much about because it was last April Fool's Day when husband and I were driving home from a friend's ranch. Out of the corner of my eye I saw a flash of white as our lights illuminated something by the side of the road in the adjoining field. It looked like a stark white naked man but he was running on hands and feet like an animal, going very fast and parallel to our car but the opposite direction. We both saw it and were creeped out but hell, it's April Fool's and we're in the middle of nowhere rural Montana. People get bored and do stupid things and like to take opportunities to spook people. Halloween gets crazy here. So we figured some guy playing a prank. Then tonight happened. I went down the road to where the mailboxes for our street are. It's that rural road delivery setup where you have about 20 mailboxes at the end of the long country road. It's about 200 yards from our house and the moon's out so I figure I'll walk over and check the mail, see if husband picked it up. When I get there I find a neighbor not too far from our front door heading the same way on a walk so we started talking and she accompanies me to the mailboxes. I take a peek in the box, nothing. We continue chatting for a few minutes then suddenly there's barking from several of the neighborhood dogs across from us. One at a time they start furiously snarly and barking, a few of them howling. My neighbor mentions that there must be coyotes roaming around again. 
happens all the time, nothing to worry about. Then one of the dogs starts howling in pain, almost screaming kind of. Something's not right and we look at each other thinking the same thing. Time to nope out of there. We start walking back a bit briskly when she turns to glance over her shoulder for a second and stops. I turned around and see it as well. It looked like a rather skinnyish but stone white man, but not a man, on his feet and hands like an animal. No hair that I could see. The light from my phone got him in the eyes for a second and they shone for a second like a cat. There was blood down the front of his jaws. It all happened in maybe two seconds. Three. Very fast. Then he bolted after us and we ran as well. My neighbor doesn't chain or fence in her dog as we're animal lovers ourselves and like having the extra protection from him wandering as well. So she starts yelling out the dog's name and he comes running out from his spot between our houses. He must have smelt this thing or heard it coming because he made a beeline past us, growling and snarling like crazy. We reached my husband's woodworking shed first so we hid in there and I locked the doors and windows while she called the cops. All we could do was wait and hide in the shed while she told the cops to come out, hearing her dog barking and attacking whatever the thing was. After a couple minutes she was off the phone and we were hiding behind boxes of stuff away from the windows. I don't know how long we were there before she whispered that the dog isn't barking anymore. He wasn't making any noises at all. A few moments after that we heard crunching from outside. Something started scratching slow and hard against the front door and part of the wall next to it. I'm not too proud to admit that I pissed myself a little bit and had to throw my hands over my mouth to keep from screaming. She was staring at the door not moving so I know I wasn't overreacting or going hysterical for nothing. It seemed like forever but eventually we saw the lights from the cops coming up the long road and the scratching stopped, whatever it was ran off cause we heard the noise of leaves crunching hard and fast away from the door. She was the brave one with the guts to peek out the window to wave at the cops when they got close enough. When they got near we ran out to the cop cars and told them we saw something kinda man who chased us. She pointed out the direction we had gone and ran back, mentioned the sounds of the dogs in the opposite neighborhood a few yards from the mailboxes. She said how our dog came to help us and we hid in the shed. The cop taking our statement said that someone else had called a few minutes before she did and said there was a wolf or something in their backyard that killed some chickens and their dog and the neighbor down from her saw this thing too. The other cop found my neighbor's dog laying on the ground with what looks like deep claw wounds and he was having trouble breathing. As he was helping to bundle up the dog to let the vet come out to pick him up he mentioned how it looked almost like a bear attack but what we were describing wasn't a bear. So here I'll give a description of both what the neighbor down from the owner of the dead dog described and what we saw. The neighbor said it looked like a stark white naked man, quite tall, wearing the skin of a bear or bison, brown furred and head attached. Blood coming from his mouth and front of his chest, very long arms. She caught him crouching over the dead dog, turned on the back porch light and he stood stunned for a few seconds before running off. What we saw was a pale white man without hair, naked and with long arms. Ice glowed like a cat for a split second in my flash of light. Reddish glow. Skinny. When he started running after us it wasn't awkward like a guy trying to run on his hands and feet. It was like a person, but not a person, on his hands and feet but very much in control of his movements like an animal. This isn't the first time this kind of thing has happened. It's not the first time I've heard of odd things. Montana is one of those kinds of places where many odd and unexplainable things live and happen. 
were mostly a mix of huge forest land, mountains and open plains. Lots of places for things you don't normally expect to seek and hide around here. But it's the first time something odd has come after me in the dark. It's been a couple of hours and I'm still shaking. I called my best friend and she mentioned posting it here because she's heard about some of these reddit forums from YouTube videos. We're not the only ones seeing things like this and she thought someone here might be able to help figure this whole thing out. Thanks in advance. I bought a cottage on Matagami Lake in June 2000. Matagami Lake is located approximately 90 kilometers south of Timmins, Ontario off Highway 144 towards Sudbury. It's a water access cottage and all the lots in our area are in the 1.5 acre range. We spent all of our summers there ever since then. I also grew up spending all my summers at our family cottage since the age of 5 so I'm no stranger to being surrounded by forest and I'm very familiar with the sounds of nature and wildlife that occupy the area. As kids, we used to wander off into the odd logging roads behind our cottage in the middle of the night with no flashlights and no care in the world. We had never come across anything remotely scary strange or unexplained. Anyway, back to adulthood. One night about 10 years ago my wife and I are out of a cottage on an early spring weekend. I believe this is either late April or early May the only other people around us that weekend were our neighbors two doors down on one side of us and my wife's parents three doors down on the other side of us. I know our neighbors well. They're in the 70s and they never wander around outside after dark nor are my wife's parents. It's about 9.15pm and getting dark fairly fast. My wife and I are sitting by the fire behind the cottage facing the woods. The forest behind our cottage is fast for many miles. My wife decided to retire to bed about this time. After she went inside for bed I was sitting there quietly staring at the fire when I heard what sounded like three whacks at a good distance behind the cottage. It's hard to say exactly how far it was because I wasn't sure what I heard. I estimate that it might have been somewhere between half a kilometer to one kilometer straight back based on the trailing echo from the sound. I didn't pay much attention to it but I did notice the sound. I wondered about it for a minute or so. Another 10 to 15 minutes goes by and then I heard it again. The same thing, three whacks. But this time it is considerably closer and louder and there's a lot less echo. I thought maybe a moose was hitting antlers against a tree but at that time of year, they don't have their antlers yet. Besides, the three consistent whacks seemed too well-timed and way too loud for that. I sat there for a good 15 minutes trying to figure out what the noise could be. Then after about 15 minutes, I heard the same three whacks again, but this time it was really close, probably within several hundred feet. I immediately rose up out of my chair. This wasn't making any sense to me. The bush is thick back there and it was pitch black by this time and there was no light to be seen. I'm standing by the fire with only a pen-sized LED flashlight. I could barely see the tree line from the fire. I was concerned and I thought about going to the garage for an axe, but I didn't want to get away from the cottage at this point so I quietly and slowly walked along the deck toward the front of the college. I stopped there for a few minutes and listened for a bit, then slowly walked back again toward the back of the cottage. I stood there listening attentively. After a moment the three whacks came again but now it was probably less than 100 feet away right at the tree line somewhere behind the fire pit. I immediately ran towards the front of the cottage, went in, and locked the door. I made my way to the back bedroom to look out at the fire pit. 
I peeked my head up the window carefully and expected to see someone or something walking around back there. I saw absolutely nothing. I didn't hear anything. It took me several hours to find sleep that night. My heart was still racing as I tried to figure out what the hell had just happened. Something else happened out there a few years later, but I was not alone this time. At least ten of us were out there that night and we heard a blood-curdling scream from a few hundred yards away. Everyone stopped talking immediately and we all looked at each other wondering what the hell that was. Soon after the same type of scream can be heard way back in the forest as if it was answering the first scream. I scoured the internet listening to all kinds of animal sounds and screams and nothing comes close to what we heard that night. Was it a Bigfoot? We have never seen anything closely resembling a Bigfoot, but I believe that's what we have around us. I was driving home on an isolated road through a mountainous area. It was late and dark and I honestly couldn't have told you exactly where I was. All I knew was that I was in Tioga County, Pennsylvania and that I needed to stay on the road I was on until I finally left the state and hit my home territory in New York. I was in and out of a daydream state. You know how it is when you're exhausted and trying to push on. I was so exhausted that even the caffeine wasn't giving me what I needed and I was too cheap to spend the money on a hotel. However, when I was approaching a curve, this is where my story occurs. My headlights lit up something that looked like a person except almost double if not triple in size. I had to swerve to avoid it and I sure as hell woke up from that. I wasn't sure if I had clipped him or her, but my car started sliding and went into a ditch. The first thing I did was get out to make sure that I hadn't just hit somebody. I was thinking why would there be somebody out here in the middle of nowhere wearing all black. There was no one around and was pretty sure that there had been somebody on the road, I was certain of it. My car was good and stuck. The tires wouldn't grip the mud. I didn't want to call for a tow truck but it was looking like my only option. I sat in my car and tried phoning out when I was sure I had seen movement. I was hoping it was someone willing to help me, but then thought it was just my exhaustion playing tricks on me. I shook my head wondering if it would be a good idea just to sleep right there in the ditch and wait for the tow truck. Then it started to rain, heavily. I was really tired and the sound of the rain wasn't helping me stay awake. Then the thoughts of sleep were suddenly gone when the driver's side window was blocked by the drenched furry body of something very large. It was walking on two legs, but there was no way that this was a human. It stopped, then peered into the window. It was so ugly and evil looking that it's the only description that I feel is even appropriate. It was pointing its long wolf-like snout right at me and baring its teeth in a menacing grin like it was smiling at me as if it was happy that I was trapped in this little metal enclosure. Those long yellow fangs. The worst part was its eyes. There was no soul in them, but they had a supernatural glow. It then ran its claw on my window which made a scratching sound. It was so sadistic, so evil. It maintained a stare and a grin like it was letting me know that there was no way I can run. I then noticed another wolf-like creature come out from the downpour and then another. I don't know how many there were, but I was paralyzed with fear. It seemed like forever, though it was only a matter of seconds. But then they instantly disappeared. I looked around hoping that they were gone and then I wondered why they took off. I soon found out. A pickup truck pulled up behind me. The old man stepped out, walked up to my driver's side window, and volunteered to pull me out of the ditch. 
he looked at me and asked if I was alright. I didn't tell him what I had seen. He hooked a chain to my car and quickly pulled it out of the ditch. I thanked him profusely and offered to pay him for his trouble. He refused any payment. I then felt comfortable enough to tell him what had happened to me and that I had never seen anything like it before. After I described what I had seen he got a strange look on his face, almost like he had heard this before. I asked him questions, but he was very dismissive. I was positive that he was aware of the beasts. That was in November 2020. I'll never forget it. I can only imagine what may have happened to me if that old man had not come to my rescue. So to begin, the story happened back in 2018. I arrived in a small, rural town near Cape May. The company I was working for at the time was sending me out to go door-to-door, -door, advertising cable and Wi-Fi that they wanted me to sell. I was getting weird vibes all throughout the day, as the town itself was very small and a bit creepy, with people staring at me or giving me the cold shoulder for the entire day. It seemed like a lot of the townsfolk that I encountered that day were on edge, and it was a weird tense atmosphere that I shrugged off, as people are weird all the time. I continued doing my job, chucking a red bolt to keep me going, which didn't affect me at all surprisingly. Besides the weird atmosphere, the scenery was actually quite pretty once you got off of the main road. I had to stop at different streets, and some were in the woods on long and seemingly beautiful endless roads. It was quite scenic. Just before sunset, I was scheduled to visit a few houses on a small peninsula. To get to this peninsula you had to go down a very long road, past a summer camp area, past a trailer park, past the woods, and then you finally find yourself in a small open area with a bay marsh, a couple small expensive houses, and shore access. The houses were so close to the water it seemed to be a code violation, but I'm sure they were built to withstand storms since they looked so expensive. Every house had its own theme, and the area was mostly deserted. Only one house had someone inside, whom I had talked to after knocking on his door. I was so distracted looking at the houses and scenery that I didn't notice how fast sunset was approaching. I came to the realization that I should start heading back, to avoid being alone on that long deserted pathway in the woods. As a smaller female, I'm never comfortable after dark in isolated places, especially without cell service. I was making my way down the path, so far so good, as it wasn't completely dark yet. As I approached the wooded area of the road, I was walking a bit faster, since there were no street lights and the sunlight was rapidly disappearing. As I walked at a decently fast pace, I noticed something. The woods were eerily quiet. All the life that I was hearing before was gone. No crickets, no birds, just pure silence. I stopped in my tracks, and got chills down my spine as I felt the feeling that I was being watched. I looked around the dark woods for any sudden movements and then, like clockwork, something up ahead made its way out of the tree line. It looked to be some type of large animal. My brain went into overdrive analyzing whatever this animal was. Was it a bear? A dog? No. It looked like a large dog. But, dogs don't get this big. Though I was intimidated by its large size, whatever it was hadn't noticed me. Even though I was scared, I also didn't want to walk back and go into that one man's house. As a woman I would rather take my chances with a wild animal than be alone with a man I don't know in a deserted holiday neighborhood. Suddenly, 
As I was thinking this, the large animal in the distance had finally noticed my presence. It was observing me, not entirely sure of what to do with me. There wasn't enough light anymore for me to see the animal's face, but I felt unusually frightened. Whatever I was looking at was definitely too big to be a black bear, with a shoulder height of at least five feet on all fours, which is comparable in size to a brown bear. The mass on this creature was extensive, as the outline of what I could see looked like a wolf on steroids. It was very muscular. I also noticed that the outline of its face was very similar to that of a German shepherd or a wolf, as it had perked ears and a long snout. In the heat of the moment, I could only hear the sound of my heart palpitating as fear and adrenaline started to crawl its way into my bloodstream. It felt as if time stood still, and then it dawned on me. What I was looking at wasn't a normal animal, and it was simply too big to be any animal that I could recognize from New Jersey's catalog of fauna. And, if it wanted to attack me, I would be powerless against it. It was simply too big. So, to calm myself down, I threw the idea that this creature was out of the ordinary out because I felt like this could be rationalized somehow. I made my brain go back to the idea of this being maybe being a large dog or coyote. I also did not believe in cryptids, and was completely unaware of what size coyotes are supposed to be, so I made a quick decision. Realizing that this could very well be a life or death situation, I came to the conclusion that this very large dog-like creature was probably a skittish coyote that I could scare off, at least temporarily, to calm down my nerves. What other choice did I have? The longer I kept standing there, the more aggressive I might come across to this animal, and I didn't want it to get territorial or get the idea that I was easy prey. So, I decided I would make the most hideous, loud, confusing, and startling scream-slash-howl I could muster and just sprint the rest of the way. After I screeched this hideous sound out of my body as hard as I could, the animal quickly changed its body language to defensive, but then it quickly changed its mind to deciding I wasn't worth a fight as it ran a decent distance into the woods, not too far though. I decided to sprint as fast as I could past that area and beyond. I sprinted until I reached the end of the road, and noticed there was a summer camp area with streetlights near me. I rested on top of a table there, out of breath and feeling my heart pound out of my chest. However, I was still very shaken up and still felt like I was being watched. I kept my eyes on the tree line. My eyes were darting around, looking for any sign this animal was still there. Once I felt like the coast was clear, I located the next house I was scheduled to visit, and I quickly made my way over. I met a nice family who ended up buying cable from me, and I told them what had happened to me that night and how I was treated by the locals. The lady of the family who I presumed to be the mother said I don't know why they sent you out here alone. These woods are dangerous after dark, and there are creepy people who live around here. The impression she was giving me was that there were animal encounters she couldn't explain, and that there were lots of ex-convicts in the area, and people who should have been arrested but haven't been. She was equally concerned about the people as she was the animals around this place. This gave me goosebumps, how many times today could my life have been taken? They were extremely concerned for my safety and told me to contact my team leader so I could get picked up. They said they didn't want me to go outside again and that I should call it quits for the night and not make it to any other houses. Till this day, I still have no idea what creature I had encountered. There are strange things in the woods, things people don't speak about or cover up. I felt like the townsfolk of that town knew something about what I encountered. So, weird creature I encountered in those woods, let's never meet again.
I grew up on Pine Island in Lee County, Florida. I live with my grandparents who always kept our dogs chained up outside at night. Late one night the dogs started barking uncontrollably. This was unusual behavior for them but not unheard of. My grandfather opened the front door and yelled at them to stop. Normally they would listen to him, but that night they just kept barking. The next morning as the sun came up my grandfather went outside. I ran out with him like I always did. There was a large pine tree that stood at the corner of our property. Beyond that was an empty lot. There were no other homes around our house, just canals and swamps. My grandfather started walking out toward the tree and I was following behind. As we approached I looked up and saw what my grandfather was looking at. A huge limb was broken off. It was around 10 feet up and 6 to 8 inches round. In the sand under the tree were extremely large footprints that led down toward the canal. I trailed behind my grandfather as he followed them to the water. The strides between the footprints were around 3 feet. We followed the steps to where they walked into the canal. My grandfather was Native American. He looked at me and said if you don't bother them they won't bother you. I asked him who but he never said a word, he just turned around and walked back up to the house. Many years later I moved into a rural house and property in Lee County with my kids. I owned several acres of woods and swamp across the road. I was sitting outside on my porch late at night when I began to hear knocking sounds. I didn't think much about it. It would happen a few times a week. Then one early morning at around 3 a.m. I saw the silhouette of a large person standing on the edge of the woods across the road. I ran inside and grabbed my gun and a spotlight. But when I got back outside no one was there. My kids used to walk our dog along the dirt road in the evening. One night they came back and told me they saw a big monkey swinging from tree to tree. I just chalked it up to kids in their imaginations. Then I came across a video of a young Bigfoot swinging in the trees. I had my son look at the video and I asked him if this is what he saw. Yes sir, he said. I started to research more about Bigfoot. But then I remembered what I saw with my grandfather when I was younger. It was like someone turned on a switch. I sat down with both of my kids and I had a talk with them. I told the kids not to talk about them and not to bother them. Then I repeated what my grandfather had told me all those years ago. If you don't bother them they won't bother you. After that, I sat almost every evening and listened to the wood knocking. I never felt like I was in danger or threatened in any way. Months later and late at night my lady friend was outside getting something out of her car. The next thing I knew she was honking her horn. I came running outside and she was crying hysterically. She told me something was in the woods shaking the branches and growling at her. I later found out that this lady friend was not a good person. I wondered if my friends in the woods sensed something was bad about her and were just watching out for me. My name is Christian. I'm from Hawaii. I figured you may find this interesting though and to be honest, I just want to share the experience with a group of like-minded individuals after keeping it to myself for so many years. I'm 32 now this happened to me around the age of 16, in 2007. I grew up in a small town on the island of Oahu squeezed between the ocean and a long cliff mountain. I lived across the street from where this occurred. In the forest, they butted up against the property of one of my best friend's family. 
and three or four of my friends got a hold of some wood and built a deck under a huge kiawe tree on that we put a really big camping tent on. We called it the base. We had a bare mattress on a box spring in there, a coffee table and two old seats we took from an abandoned van we had found on the roadside. This experience happened probably six months after we set it up. My friend and I were sitting in the tent as usual. I was sitting on the mattress and my buddy was playing a new song he'd been learning on the fan seat, closest to the tent door. The other seat sat empty to his right in the corner of the tent. We were there for a while passing the guitar back and forth but as he was sitting there playing and showing me the chords up for this song, the sun was shining on the tent wall behind him and the shadows of the tree branches were gently swaying on the wall. This part is a bit hard to explain but as I was listening to the guitar this specific part of a branch shadow on the tent wall above the empty fan seat caught my eye as it looked like there were two eyes on it swaying with the shadow. As soon as I looked directly at the two eyes, a face started to materialize and within probably five seconds there was a fully materialized kid sitting in the chair looking at me. I'd never felt or experienced anything like this before then or since. A chill ran down my body and I got the feeling like my entire skin caught on fire my eyes started welling up with tears and I couldn't breathe. The kid looked to be about 10 or 11 and wore a very distinct outfit. He was in a brown button-up vest and a white shirt underneath with a super pronounced sharp pointed collar. He had blonde hair combed neatly to the side and pale white skin. He locked eyes with me as I sat there frozen but trying as hard as I could breathe. While I basically started convulsing, my friend looked up and freaked out. He threw the guitar on the bed and grabbed my arm to pull me out of the tent. He was screaming, was that a ghost? What the heck was that, as we started running through the woods but I still couldn't get any breath into me to respond. I felt like I was choking. The woods were a tangled mess with tightly packed trees and big patches of head-high grass. We ran slash tumbled straight through it instead of taking the tight little trail we normally use. We headed back to our friend's property. When we finally broke out of the forest of the property, our other friend was actually there washing his mom's Tacoma in the driveway. It wasn't a surprise to him that we were coming out of there from the hangout spot but his first words to us as we ran towards him was, holy crap, what did you guys see? The friend I was with yelled, ghost. We ran right past him to the main driveway, jumped on our bikes, and without even saying anything, rode in opposite directions to our houses. This was in broad daylight probably 2 or 3 in the afternoon. I rode straight back to my house jumped in bed and just cried. I couldn't shake the feeling. I felt gross and completely creeped out. It's still hard to explain the feeling it put me in as a teenager growing up in that area. And at the time we pride ourselves on being tough and strong and it was completely out of character for me but this experience completely shook me. I have no explanation for it to this day. There's more that may or may not be connected to this but a month later, four of us were exploring in the forest probably a quarter mile straight up towards the mountain from the base which was actually just a steep 200 foot overgrown rock cliff that ran the length of our town above the forest. We found a small cave. It was a crown level about knee high and probably six feet wide. It looked like it went in a good way. We were all super surprised that we had never seen it before because we thought we knew every inch of this forest. Just to the right of the cave is a small pile of rocks that had crumbled down from the cliff and a piece of bone was laying between two of the rocks. I thought it was part of a bird's skull since we very often found them and always brought them back to the base and had a pretty large collection at that point. I grabbed it, pulled it up from between the rocks and it turned out to be the front of a human skull. 
The back was broken off, but it was the forehead, both eye sockets, nose, and teeth. As soon as we all realized what it was, it felt like I got hit with an electric shock. I dropped the skull and we were all losing our minds at the find. My heart felt like it was exploding out of my chest and I was shaking uncontrollably. We all got down, looked into the cave afterward, and saw the rest of the skeleton inside. The rib cage was closest to the front of the opening and we can see other bones tucked farther back in. They looked old. The strange part of this was that less than a week later we went back to see the skeleton with some other friends and when we got to the spot, the cave was completely filled in with small rocks that fit together perfectly like a tight-fitting rock wall completely filling the cave opening without any mortar. And directly in front of it was a tea plant that wasn't there before but it didn't look like it was planted recently. It looked like it had grown out of the ground right there. Tea leaves are used to wrap around stones to be left in the forest as offerings to the spirits just as some context as to the plant that was there. This area was behind my friend's property and was really only accessible through the property and we still have no explanation as to how anyone could have come within the week to wall up the cave and plant the tea plant or have even known that we found the skeleton. Having that happen paired with us having the kid materialize in the tent with us is almost too strange and should not be connected somehow. Hey there. This encounter isn't mine, but it is my partner's. She has spoken to me many times about this when we exchange weird or scary encounters we've experienced. Hers are always way more exciting than mine given that she sorta attracts this type of stuff. Anyways, I've asked her if I could post it here on Reddit so she can have some insight or something to help identify this thing or even if people come out and share if they have had a similar encounter with. Enough with my rambling, here we go. For this we'll call my partner Al. Al was about 14-15 years old when all this went down. Living in New Mexico, we aren't strangers to weird sightings and whatnot, skinwalkers, spirits, etc., but it's still very frightening. She lived in a trailer park outside of Farmington and in the middle of Kirtland if that makes sense. This trailer park was practically in the middle of nowhere next to the hills, as well call him, and more so specifically for her because her trailer was in the very last row of the trailer park. It was next to a little playground which then lead to empty hills. That'll be important for later. Before the whole sighting she had, there were some weird occurrences prior to that. This all happened around February-June in 2015. Al would hear taps on her window, specifically three loud taps like someone was banging on her on it. She said that you could tell it was still a little tap since she could hear a nail or fingernails if you will. One night while staying up late and playing video games June, Al eventually got sick and tired of hearing those taps every single night around 1-2am. She had decided to look out her window to see what it was. She thought it could have been a tree or maybe a random druggie, but oh boy no it wasn't. After she lifted the makeshift curtain blanket, she didn't have blinds, they saw a hunched gray skin humanoid thing. It was very thin and bony, having very long appendages. The way it was hunched was as if someone was sneaking outside their friend's window, tapping it to get their friend's attention without getting caught, its arm was retracting back as if it had just finished its tapping. Its hands had three fingers, long and bony just like everything else about. The best way I can describe the way they looked would be think of a long finger that's sharp at the end like wooden stake that would be used to kill a vampire. Not exactly like claws, but not like a human finger either. Kind of like salad fingers fingers. I think that's his name. Its face looked very stretched like it would fall off at any point. 
Its mouth was stuck into this creepy grin slash grimace that perfectly showed its sharp jagged teeth. Think of like a shark tooth or thick broken beer bottle glass. It didn't really have a nose, just a slit in the middle like Voldemort. The eyes were big, hollow holes, black and just an endless void that cover up the majority of the upper part of its head. When it saw I, it stood up to its full height and stepped, not jumped, stepped over her seven-foot backyard fence and walked towards the playground I had mentioned earlier. The whole time it hobbled towards that direction, multiple dogs in that area were going haywire, barking and growing like an intruder was walking about. I was freaked out obvious and stepped away from the window and went about the rest of her night terrified. A couple days later, specifically the day she turned 15, I heard another tap on her bedroom window that night which she had ignored. Couple hours later I woke up to the sound of something scratching her closet door from the inside, I at this time had no animals in the house. Hearing the scratching, she booked it out her room and slept in the living room that night. No incidents had occurred for a week after that until one day. I was home alone. Her sister and mom had gone grocery shopping and wouldn't be home for a few hours. Being a teenager home alone, she was playing her video games in her room when she heard a voice somewhere in the house that sounded like her sister was calling her name. So assuming that they were back from grocery shopping, I left her room thinking her sister was calling her to help put up the groceries, but she found no one in the house. The car was still gone. I went back to her room dismissing what she heard and chalked it up to her imagination. 30 minutes later, she heard it again. Previously, while looking she checked every single room besides one. Her sister's room, which always unsettled her and she was told to keep out of it obviously so she didn't bother looking in there. Theta where the voice was coming from. As soon as I stepped through the door and turned on the light, she felt an unsettling presence in the air. The voice called out again and it sounded garbled and echoey, kinda like it was reverbed. I automatically knew it was coming from the bathroom, specifically the shower. So she closed the bathroom door and walked backwards, making sure to keep her eyes on the door to make sure it wouldn't swing back open and whoever this was wasn't charging at her. Turning off the bedroom light, I still trained on that door, and shutting the bedroom door as well. Turning around, I noticed that the back door was wide open. Her stomach dropped and a chill ran up her spine. Nausea bubbled up in her gut as everything was setting in. Someone was into the house. Or rather something. She slammed the back door shut and bolted back to her room, locking her door behind her. Being so mortified I put headphones in to drown out any more noise of whatever was there could make and resumed her video games as a distraction. That was the last encounter A has ever had with whatever this thing was. She thinks the creature outside her window was the one in her closet scratching the door and house mimicking her sister. I don't doubt that but in my head the mimicking thing sounds more like a skinwalker. I'm Native American and have grown up with those stories as my dad has had some experience with them so naturally that's what it sounds to me but I don't know. I also believe it could be some extraterrestrial being like an alien or something. Nothing else has happened besides a few unrelated supernatural encounters for A but she feels terrified if anything reminds her of this experience. It sends her into a more primal fear fight or flight mode that verges on a borderline panic attack. Every time I hear this story, personally, it makes me want to crap bricks. Sorry for my writing skills, I'm not the best storyteller and I hope this post follows the guidelines because I really want other people to hear this and help it connect with others who've maybe had a similar experience to hers. Feel free to ask any questions and I'll answer them.
There's a bit more detail to this story, but I chose to summarize it. Thanks for reading.